Are you a Christian who's involved in ministry? Maybe you serve in a church. Maybe you lead a Bible study or do some type of outreach. Maybe you're the pastor or you do pastoral care and counseling. Some of you may do chaplaincy. I want to ask you a question today. What do you rely on the most in ministry? Welcome to Experience Ministries Discipleship Podcast. I'm Dave Smuin, your host, and I'm excited to share biblical principles to help us live our faith and glorify the Lord Jesus. This is episode 65. I'm going to share three advantages of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to talk about balance today. So stay tuned. This is going to be a great episode if you're in ministry or if you're going into ministry. We are God's representatives. Yes, I know that every believer represents the Lord, but as those who serve in any capacity, whether it's uh, greeting somebody at the door or preaching or pastoral care, when we lead, we represent God to people. They look at us as his representatives. And the truth is we run into people who are hurting, who their lives are devastated, that need help. We run into people who are angry at God. We uh, deal with people who are confused and have questions. And we also deal with some people who are doing quite well, but they don't think hell is real and they're entering eternity unprepared. Being God's representative is a great privilege. It's an awesome opportunity and it carries a lot of responsibility. As believers who have been called into ministry, there are a lot of things available to help us. However, it's easy to rely on the wrong things or to get our priorities a little bit confused. So let's talk about some of the things that are available to us, and I want you to think about what do you rely on the most? Do you rely on the scripture? I do, I got my Bible right here. Do you rely on the Holy Spirit? Do you rely on the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Do you rely on your leadership? Nothing wrong with that. Leadership is important. And Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, talk about the fivefold ministers. We have apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, and those aren't gifts. They're offices, leadership offices. God gave those leadership positions to people who would serve the body of Christ and help others use their gifts and find a place of service. Sometimes we get this a little confused and we try to glamorize those offices or those offices try to elevate too much. The reality is they're servants and they should take a position of servitude. So leadership is important, don't get me wrong, but is that what you're relying on? We have our own experiences and wisdom. We have commentaries. We have books. We have videos. We have our own natural abilities. Some of us have charisma and some of us have a little less. We have our temperament strengths. We have our personalities. We have a lot of things to rely on. Which one of these do you rely on so far? What about things like science, psychology, technology? In the last 10, 20, or really 100 years, we have learned a lot. There's been many advancements, and sometimes we do rely on those. I'm relying on technology right now to speak to you, and you're relying on technology to watch and to listen to me. 
We also have great training like this, video. We have seminaries, we have Bible colleges, we have universities that we can go and study and learn. We get degrees. Some people go on and get advanced degrees. Is that what you rely on? Is your advanced degrees the things that you've learned? What about your religious traditions and the denominations and the things that we grew up with? There's a lot of stuff there that we naturally rely on, maybe without even thinking about it. These are all good things, and my intention isn't to downplay the importance or the need for any of them, but to help us consider which do we rely on the most and when do we rely on them. The truth is sometimes that changes depending on the situation that we're in, the circumstances. So we do shift from time to time what we rely on. But I really want us to think about this today and kind of rethink what we rely on the most. When we read the scripture, it's easy to see that God has a plan for empowering us and flowing through us to minister to other people. So when you think about that list that I just rattled off, where do you put things in priority? What about the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Do you put them before the scripture? Meaning, do you rely on the gifts more than the written word? Or do you put them underneath the scripture? What about the gifts? Do you prioritize them over leadership or below leadership, above tradition or below tradition? Where do you put the gifts of the Spirit on that list of what you rely on the most? Or what is your go-to? Is it to rely on the Holy Spirit and say, I need a gift, I need an anointing, I need something right now? Or do you look to other things first? The truth is, that's a difficult question. And depending on the situation, it may change. Those things vary a little bit. But I want to encourage you to rediscover the spiritual gifts. What are they? How do they work? How do they work in your life and in your ministry? Do you know what they are? You should, and we should be functioning in those and growing in them as we minister to other people. I'm going to give you three advantages right now to learning what the gifts are and using the gifts as you minister to other people. And then I want to talk about balance a little bit because that's important. We cannot go out of balance when we're using the gifts. They are a powerful tool, but just like anything else, they must be used correctly at the correct time and kept in the right priority. The first advantage is that the gifts of the Spirit allow the Holy Spirit to flow through you and to minister to others more effectively. This is true if we're talking about a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, or hospitality. We need to be careful that we don't glamorize or elevate one gift above the other gifts because all of those gifts are important. And the entire body of Christ, every Christian has a gift that needs to be used to build up the body of Christ. That's what Ephesians 4 tells us. So we need to be careful not to glamorize one gift over another, but we should be using and allowing the Holy Spirit to flow through us with those gifts. That's his empowering. Listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 7. Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of ministries and the same Lord. There are varieties of effects, 
but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. The gifts of the Spirit are part of God's equipping process for the building up of the body of Christ. Now, it's okay to seek the greater gifts. That's what the Scripture tells us. But we must be careful that our motives and our attitudes and how we use them is correct and appropriate. So listen to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 28 through 31. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. All are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not workers of miracles, are they? All do not have gifts of healing, do they? All do not speak with tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? But earnestly desire the greater gifts, and I will show you a more excellent way. Now that passage is full of kind of some rhetorical statements there, but he makes it very clear it's okay to seek the greater gifts so that we can be used in a greater way. But did you notice the more excellent way? What is that? It's love. God wants us to be effective. He wants us to study to show ourselves approved. That's why we're studying this right now. He also wants us to seek him for wisdom, for power, for ability, for everything we need to live life and to minister to others so that the body can be built up. We need to seek him for those things. When we truly seek him with a pure heart, desiring to serve him, he will equip us. But did you know that you can deny the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Did you know that you can set them aside and not use them? Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 1.6 to stir up the gifts within him. And that's what I want to encourage you to do today. Do you know what those gifts are? Can you stir them up? That's interesting. We can stir up the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us because sometimes we lose focus. We move them aside. We rely on other things. Maybe that's appropriate for the time. And then we need to bring them back. We need to stir up those gifts in us. The second advantage is that the gifts of the Holy Spirit give us wisdom and insight that goes way beyond human wisdom and our training. It doesn't matter how much seminary you've been to. If the Holy Spirit empowers you with a gift, a word of knowledge, goes way past your training. And so we need to pay attention to that. We need to allow the gifts of the Spirit to take us beyond what we can do naturally and touch people's lives in a supernatural way. Check this out. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 23 through 25. Therefore, if the whole church assembles together and all speak in tongues and ungifted men or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you are mad? But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an ungifted man enters, he is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed. 
And so he will fall on his face and worship God, declaring that God is certainly among you. It doesn't matter how you interpret prophecy in this particular passage. I know some people want to parse that out. But the reality is, if you're functioning in this gift of prophecy, it goes way beyond your natural abilities, your natural wisdom, and God can do something supernatural in people's lives. Just think about what verse 25 said. He said, the secrets of a man's heart will be disclosed and he will fall on his face and worship God. That's the kind of power and anointing that we should be seeing in the church today. And it's a little bit lacking, honestly. When was the last time you went to church and just an overwhelming sense of the Spirit of God came in that place and people were convicted and declared God is here, repented of their sins, and just got on their face before Him. That's the kind of stuff we see when the Holy Spirit moves through us and uses the gifts that He has given to us. Let me give you an example of that from my life. Many years ago, there was this young lady that came in to see me, and she had these extreme anger problems. And sometimes, when you're sitting with someone and you're you're ministering to them, you're counseling them. You can kind of see the root of some of that, but how do you get that out? How do you get them to recognize it? And in this particular situation, the Holy Spirit just prompted me to have her say, I forgive this person for this really bad thing that they did. Well, she did that. And then she said, see, there's no unforgiveness. I've forgiven the person. It's all fine. But then the Holy Spirit prompted me and said, have her declare or ask God to forgive and then ask God to bless. And as she tried to do that, she just fell apart and the whole thing kept came gushing out. And it was just an unbelievable moment where the Holy Spirit ministered to this young lady because I was obedient to his prompting to that word that he gave me. And so whether it's preaching in Sunday morning or working with someone one-on-one, -on -one, we can see the gifts of the Spirit moving in us and through us to touch someone else's life. When things like that happen, it's because the Holy Spirit is giving us something. Now, that's a particular gift that I have seen operate in my life in many situations as I counseled people and ministered to people. It just came upon me on the spot. It's a prompting that we get. I didn't research it. I didn't study it. I just followed through. But you can be sure afterwards, I went to the scripture and every one of those things had a solid scriptural foundation, which you've got to have. It's got to be connected with the written word. Honestly, I've seen God do this in amazing ways, whether it's sitting in a counseling office and he tells me, draw some goofy thing on the whiteboard. And I've done that, and what I've drawn just makes no sense to me, really. But it touched someone else's heart because the Holy Spirit used that to get past the defense mechanisms, the hardness of the heart. So it can be in that environment. It can be in a group environment, in a Bible study, in a church setting. When we allow the Holy Spirit to flow through us and we use the gifts that He's given us appropriately the way they're supposed to be used, we can see God move in powerful ways. The third advantage is that the gifts of the Holy Spirit empower us and give us the ability 
to deal with all kinds of situations. This may be the power to cast out a demon or to penetrate someone's hard heart. Maybe they're defensive, maybe they've been hurt, maybe they're calloused, but the Holy Spirit gives us the power and ability to minister the love and the grace and the mercy of God to someone. And to me, that is just as powerful as casting out a demon. Haven't raised the dead yet, so I don't know about that one, but seeing someone's heart soften to the Lord, man, that's about the most powerful thing that I've ever seen. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Now, I know that the gifts of the Spirit can be a controversial subject depending on your background, the traditions that you have, the, the faith group that you're connected with, but it shouldn't be so controversial. Now, let's just talk about balance for a minute. We need to have balance. And on one side of this, there is a group of people, a, a segment of Christianity, if you will, that avoids the gifts altogether. That may be because there's a, a theological issue they have a problem with. It may be a fear issue. There may be a lack of training and understanding, so they just stay away from it. On the other side, there is the other extreme where it's just too much. It's people rely on that and it gets a little bit weird. Got to be careful of that because the gifts need to be kept in balance. They need to be used correctly according to the scripture. They're not for our emotional feel good. They're not to build us up and make us look good. That's prideful. We need to guard against that. So there is a center ground where we can learn, understand, and use the gifts of the Holy Spirit effectively to minister to other people. And that's what I want to stir you up in so that you can figure out what gifts has he given me. Maybe you already know what they are. Are you using them? Stir them up. We live in a world that is chaos. It is crazy out there. And it isn't more human reasoning that's going to solve it. It's the power of God flowing through the servants of God to reach a lost and dying generation. People around us are confused. So I simply want to encourage you, whatever your ministry is, whether it's preaching, evangelism, pastoral counseling, chaplaincy, hospice, whatever it is, I want to encourage you, allow the Holy Spirit to use you. Use the gifts that he's given you in a supernatural way. So God bless you. Thanks for watching.